This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called How to Succeed in Social Without Really Trying to Gouge Your Eyes Out. My guest today is Carlin Ankrum, a social media superstar who knows how so many business people dread the idea of content creation. Carlin is the founder and lead strategist of OSnap Social and creator of the Fan Firestarter Framework, a new approach to social media marketing that is made specifically for businesses. And, and these are Carlin's words, businesses tempted to fake their own death and flee to Tahiti at the mere thought of content creation. <laughs> I, I have met those people. Carlin developed her user-friendly strategy after working for a decade with a variety of brick-and-mortar businesses who were decidedly social allergic. Not because they didn't want to do social media, but because they were intimidated by it. In response, her new system helps newbies get on the fast track to unsticking their social media in just one hour per week. Carlin Ankrum, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, Tom. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I know, as you do, so many business people who are allergic to social media. You made reference to that intimidation factor. But tell us why so many people beyond that intimidation factor are allergic to social media and more importantly why must they overcome that that allergy this is a great question because just like you i meet people who are very allergic to social media for a few reasons i think one of the most popular ones is it's constantly changing mm. it's constantly evolving and for those of us who are business owners it can feel like a lot. It can feel overwhelming, intimidating, as I mentioned, but also just where, like who's on first kind of mentality. Where do I yeah. go first to get the ROI? And I think the other piece where people, you know, have a, a problem with social, or maybe they don't buy into it right away is because it is a long term game. You have to be willing to step up to the plate at bat and try and test and tweak over yeah. and over and over again. And I think for a lot of us as business owners, that can also feel like a lot. And yeah. on, you know, in addition to doing everything else we're doing in business, we are not full-time content creators, despite what the other gurus on Instagram and LinkedIn are telling us to do, you know, you know, post 30 reels a day, like what? No, you know, like post five times a week. That's 
kind of more manageable. But again, if we're full-time business owners, not super consistent, not something that we can do day to day. So I come to it from a completely different angle, making sure that you're consistent and then why you have to get over it. This is a good one. Uh, (laughs) You have to get over because it is free marketing. You can put your message out there to the masses for free. If you think about it, you know, back in the day, the yellow pages was a super thick book that we had to mm-hmm. pay to put our br- business and brand into yeah. and praying someone would look us up. Now right. we have the internet and a lot of people are, I'm going to say like digitally window shopping on social media to see if you are legit, that you're consistent in your messaging and your story to your, to, to what you do across yeah. the board and more than ever before people will kind of call your bluff if you're different in person than you are on the internet yeah people that's... value that authenticity so you have to show up you have to show your face you have to be out there yeah i love that point that point is so important showing up with authenticity presenting as yourself you know when when we connected just a few minutes ago and you said circumstances of my life i'm sorry i'm in my car um for those who who are listening Carlin is sitting in the front seat of her car with her earbuds in and, and the connection's great. She sounds great. And I said, Hey, look, you know, we can reschedule this when you're in your office and your fancy studio, whatever the case may be. She said, no, this is me. This is, you know, this is, this is authentic Carlin. So yep. <laughs> um, I love that idea. And it, it's a really critical idea. I want to go back to something you were talking about, about the ever changing landscape of social media and tie that to the fact that the that you have what you call your fan fire starter framework and i want to talk to you a little bit about this idea of a framework versus a specific template or step-by-step instruction manual i think that one of the things that bugs me about some of the so-called social media experts out there is they will present uh, a template or a you know day one at this hour do exactly this and then do exactly this and then do exactly this and then do exactly this and a month later all of those exactly this is are obsolete and no longer work so Talk to us a little bit about the fan fire starter framework and how the notion of a framework as opposed to a step-by-step plan works better in this ever-changing social environment. Absolutely. So briefly, the framework is three different elements. One is a pulse check audit because you have to know where you're starting in order to know where you're going or where you would like to go from a strategic angle. So we first, we pop a hood on your existing socials and see what's working and what's not working because there's no sense in changing what is already working uh, to be, you know, different. Uh, The other piece of that is strategy, 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 strategy. This is a Uh, document that is also ever-changing, but it starts with your SMART goals, your specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound goals. What Mm -hmm. does success look like for you on social media? Again, SMART goals are nothing new in the business world, but we want to tailor directly to your social media platform or platforms. So if you're on Instagram and LinkedIn, chances are two different audiences, chances are 
two different goals for mm-hmm. each. And so we have to map that out because otherwise we're just literally throwing content spaghetti at a wall, praying it sticks to someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It might cause a mess in the process, which no one wants either. And then the last piece is how do we take that strategy, the numbers that we've gathered from the audit and advance it forward, whether it's implementing the content where it's manageable and consistent for you to execute on your own or have a virtual assistant execute it on, Mm -hmm. on your behalf or hire OSNAP social as your agency to create and post that content, measure the metrics and meet with you every other week to shift and change the strategy to see, you know, are we hitting the mark? Are we not? Do we need to dial something up, dial something back? Because in this ever changing world, you have to be able to look at the analytics, make sense of it, and also make sure that you're measuring what matters. I think that is a big, big, big thing that a lot of business owners authors, thought leaders are missing is what is the end result that you want, knowing that the end result might be six months down the road from now. Uh, So just starting with the end in mind, (laughs) right? To quote Stephen Covey again. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that last point, measuring what matters is so important because so many business people and so many of the consultants who are guiding them will focus on so-called vanity metrics, you know, the likes, the engagement numbers, which are are perhaps leading indicators, okay? But they're not ultimately the data point that matters. And and to elaborate on this, I want to note something that I think is really important. And that is after I visited your website or when I first visited your website many months ago, I signed up for your email list, which was a prominent call to action on your website. And you send great, great emails, uh, weekly, uh, weekly emails. And I often will coach my clients. I, uh, my background is as an email marketing guy. And I will coach my clients to to note that one of the goals of your social media work is to get people to your email list. And I gather, given your focus and dedication to email marketing, that you would agree. And I'd like you to take the ball from here and and talk about that. Because um, when, when setting goals for social, I think a lot of businesses don't even consider the idea that, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing social so people will hire me. What, why am I looking at social as a means to build an email list? I, I'll pass that question to you. This is right up my alley because this is something that I am constantly telling clients to do is set up an email list of some sort so that we can continue to build it. Because I always say, how are we digitally connecting all the dots together Social media is like the watering cooler. This is where your folks are hanging out. They're scrolling while they're watching The Voice. They're scrolling for that latest recipe for dinner. Like we, as a social media, you know, content creators, we're putting content out there that interrupts their regularly scheduled scrolling time, right? To capture their attention, to educate them. But at the same time, you do not own, as a business owner, you do not own your followers, you don't. So the fact that when clients come to me, the biggest red flag for me is that they're like, I want 10,000 followers yesterday. I'm going to be like, that is wonderful. We are not the people for you. We would instead rather you have a thousand followers. So long as there's a thousand people on your email list, 
because you own your email list. And I know this is like music to your ears, right? Like you own your email list. You do not own your followers on social. So if tomorrow Zuckerberg was like, you know what? This has been fun. We're going to pack up Facebook. We're going to pack up Instagram. I'm going to go sail off into my yacht and you know, I'm done with Facebook and Instagram. One, I never want to see the, I never want to see the day when that happens. Cause I feel like the mass hysterics that would happen. All right. <laughs> it's not going to be pleasant. Um, but at the same time, it's a great reminder that you need to be building your email list now. Yeah. And anytime that people are like, I want to go viral. Great. What are you going to do when you go viral to get that content in that person's face consistently because the algorithms at the same time on all of these social platforms are changing, evolving as we move forward. So you have to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. And it, and it ties back to the ultimate business goal because I, I, I remember sitting in on a session with a great social media influencer. Her focus was more LinkedIn. She had 30,000, yeah. 25,000 followers Ooh. or something like that on LinkedIn. And, uh, she noted that 3%, just 3% of her sales into courses, books, products are generated from links on social media, okay? Whereas a massive percentage come from her online community that she controls and from email. And the, the phrase she used is part of my strategy for social media is to connect with new people and then get them to real estate I control. And that's exactly yes. what that's exactly what you were just talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it serves as a warmer audience in marketing speak, right? Because yep. someone is not going to buy a three thousand dollar a month package from you on Instagram or on LinkedIn without ever knowing who you are really. That's so right. your goal is to get them into a conversation to build connection. And I think that's what a lot of people forget about social media, social media, right? Social <laughs> conversation, building relationships. Otherwise it'd be called like PR media, like where we're just pushing, pushing, pushing content out there into like a void, hoping someone sees it. We need yeah. to really be focused on that conversation piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I've heard you talk about some of the mistakes that people typically make on social media. And one of them that I used to be guilty of, but I've outgrown this, was what you call comparison syndrome. Talk to us about comparison syndrome and why it is a killer for business people who suffer from it. I think we've all been there. I think yep. mine also ebbs and flows much like a roller coaster, depending on the season of life and business I'm in. And so yep. if you're listening to this, you're like, I'm there right now. Or like, I've been there. You can totally relate to what I'm about to say. Comparison syndrome steals your productivity. Uh, it paralyzes you in the worst way. You're like, well, this person already said it. Why does anyone care about what I, how I'm going to frame it? Mm -hmm. Or this person has, you know, 150,000 followers and I have 2,500 followers. We all get into that rut. And I'm begging you, when you open up any platform, focus on creating first, then consuming second. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like, yeah, it's a cyclical repeat, thing. 
repeat that, please, because that's such a big idea. And I'd like you to repeat it and then elaborate on the meaning. Yeah. Con- anytime you open up a social platform, focus on, con- on, let me try that again. Anytime you open up a platform, I want you to focus on creating content first, consuming second. And what I mean by that is open up a platform, go to post your content. Then I want you to go and engage with other people after that, because then you're not going to get all in your head, start overanalyzing, get that, you know, I'm as a recovering perfectionist myself, you get into the, this isn't perfect. So-and-so did it better, but people will come to you for, for you and others may be repelled by you for other reasons and good, good on them. You're not for, here for everybody. So show up as yourself, show up as who you are authentically, unapologetically, mm-hmm. even if that means you have to, sh- you know, be on a podcast in your car, because that's what life is dealing with right now. Right? right. So I just, yeah, just get, not that anyone needs a permission slip, but I give you permission to just be yourself on social media because it is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be entertaining and valuable. And if you pretend that you're someone you're not, people will see right through it and you will have crickets in the background. Fantastic. Exactly. And so you you talked a moment ago about people, you put your content out there and some people will be repelled and good on them. Good on you also, because I think that that one of the great mistakes that so many people make on social media is they get caught up in the quantity game not in the quality game. And in the end, better to have a smaller following and a smaller email list of people who really are into you, really get you, really understand that you get them because those are going to be your true prospects or your true champions than to have a a following of thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. and thousands who most of whom aren't really your people. The I... I could not have said it any better myself. I double down cosign exactly that because anytime you create opinion content, like that has a polarizing effect one way or the other, that will attract people to you like a magnet who are for you. And like I said, just repel people who aren't for you, which actually makes, you know, if you have 20% of your content doing some selling air quotes, some selling for you in, in your social media strategy, that's going to be a win because you're not going to have to sort through all the people who are not for you because you've already put a content out there that kind of right. held them away, which is great. Right. Um, it also doubles down on why you're different than other people in your industry. There are a gazillion social media content creators, social media strategists, any social media fill in the blank, right? Not everyone is me. And some people That's might me. find my energy a little annoying and some people might like it. It just depends, you know? And so you're not for everybody and rightfully so. And so just remember that as well anytime you're creating content. Yeah, and and I, I will often say that when you're doing content well, you're giving your audience a sense of what it's like to be with you in the room, what it's like to work Love that. with you. And That's so good. Yeah, and... and uh, well, and you were saying the same thing, just a, a yeah. different way. And and there's nothing worse than dishing out content that brings people to the table, only to get an immediate sense that oh, this is not this is not a connection. They um, because 
in many cases, the way you show up when it's time to consult one-on-one or to uh, give that free consultation or actually to provide your service is so much different than how you've shown up in your content and your audience recognizes that disconnect and it burns you in the end. So I love the yeah. fact that you you led before we even press record on this podcast with, hey, here I am. I'm, I'm a mom. <laughs> I have a young child. I'm in my car. That's sort of where I live these days. And, yeah. and you know, happening. It, yeah. And, and um, I imagine that you've had very successful and, and productive client meetings from your car. I have Wi-Fi built into my car for a reason. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very true. And I want to like, re- you know, revisit what you just said is, you know, everyone wants, you know, is concerned about going viral. And what I have seen totally bite people in, in the butt, not my clients in particular, but I've just seen it play out on the internet is people go viral for the wrong type of video. Like they'll do, it's like a, vi- a video of their dog right? Like being silly Mm -hmm. and they're showing like behind the scenes or whatever, but they do not tie their business to it at all. And so they get a, you know, a flood of new followers who are like, oh, this is like a new puppy content, you know, account. And then I will see like them freaking out the next week where all these followers are leaving when they start talking about their new book launching that has nothing to do with puppies or dogs. (laughs) So. You have have to always tie it back. If it's a business account, tie it back somehow to what it is that you do. Maybe your dog is your coworker, right? At your, at your at-home office, tie it back. So people know what your account's about. Cause people are just scrolling. They're not paying attention to the username. They're scrolling for cute stuff. And their algorithm is typically really smart and will serve them stuff that they like, whether or not it's from a business account or not. So just putting that out there too as a yeah no and uh, i think it's a critical point and always tying it back to what you do and and why the audience ought to be paying attention to you eases that transition into the moments when you are actually pitching a product or a service because if if you're constantly in entertainment mode in a way that has no connection to what it is that you sell then um, when you sell, it's a pattern interrupt, it's a disruption, and, and people will literally be sort of like, well, how dare you? What, what the heck? And, <laughs> Why did I, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, and you, and you reference the 80-20 concept, and, and I think it is different in social than it is in email. Um, you're not yes. always going to be referencing something that you're offering. In email, I remind my clients that if you provide entertaining and captivating content, you always have the opportunity somewhere in that email to share a product or service, promote something that you're doing. And your audience doesn't, not only don't they mind, they expect it. You're cultivating the idea that you, you know, the next step in being with me is to buy my thing or hire me. Yeah, warmer. It's a warmer audience, right? So they're like expecting that. They want to hear what you have to offer. Yeah. Exactly. But but the principle still carries into social and is what you were talking about before that that um in you you have to constantly be connecting back to the core why of your of the conversation so that 
the the connection is clear and meaningful to them when you do choose to share on social the product the service the event the invitation whatever it may be exactly 100 agree so we've talked about comparison syndrome we've talked about the irrelevant content that doesn't connect (laughs) share with us uh, one or two other common mistakes that are easily fixed when people work with you or focus on the framework that you share with them the biggest thing that people could change right now if they were about to post before before they even do that. I want them to focus on calls to action. And there are yeah. two different types of calls to action. One is calls to action that are, I'm calling them internal, meaning they are part of the platform itself. That means that they are part of creating conversation on social media. They're right. there to answer in the comments, to build up the following to build up the growth of that particular piece of content and your account. Then there's the external, which is what you specialize in, is getting people to off social and onto an email list, onto your website, onto your registration page for your, you know, webinar. Those calls to action and different, the way that you approach them is different. So example, internal meaning on platform, drop the thumbs up emoji if, if you agree. Easy. Making it easy. I think for, I learned the hard way. I was working with a client and all the calls to action like were super complicated. Like yeah. they were like a bigger question. And I was like, ain't nobody got time to just like sit there Amen. and comment a paragraph, yeah. a paragraph yeah. about their thing. That is more of a conversation that needs to happen offline, externally, somewhere else. Right. You know, the the point too is instead of always saying link in bio, a lot of the times on Instagram, people are not going to go to link in bio. It's easier for someone to send a direct message or easy for someone to leave a comment that then sends them an automatic message to get that link to go to your website. Um, external, visit my website, DM me. It all leads to the conversation. We also yep. know on Facebook and LinkedIn, a lot easier uh, to get those external click- clicks out because that's just the behavior of the platform. So anytime right. you're creating content, you have to be focused on why am I creating it? Where am I put it? And what do I want people to do with it after they consume it? Yep. Yep. They always you forget know, that like next last part. <laughs> it is, it is such a valuable, valuable tip that you just shared. And, and, you know, no offense to our audiences, but they don't act unless we tell them to act. And so I've heard of, uh, I've heard from people who say, oh, nobody's commenting on my post or nobody's responding to my post. The first reaction is, is be careful. That's not the end goal. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, back to the, <laughs> that's back not what to success what, looks like. <laughs> back to your, what you're measuring and what success looks like. But the second reaction is, have you asked them to respond? And your point is so, it, it's so simple to just say, give me a thumbs up or, or say, hell yeah. If you think hell yeah, yeah. Or whatever, whatever it may be. And, um, the, it, it's both a way to build that engagement and help you in the algorithm. Cause the more of those that you get, the more your stuff will get shown yeah. and shared. And, Secondly, and this gets into, you know, sort of some high level thing, you know, neuro linguistic programming and so forth. When you, when you 
ask your audience to do something and you comply, you build a uh, uh, compliance culture which can help mm. you when it's time to sell now we could go down that rabbit hole in a big <laughs> way and and um but but asking your folks to do something is such a valuable valuable tip and then the external stuff that you were talking about i will take one of my archived emails written months ago put it on LinkedIn. And at the very bottom, I'll say, Hey, this humble little article began life as an email that I send to my list. If you like this, click here, sign up for my list. And I get a lot of signups by having that external link, that call to action in my email. Really critical tip. Really great one. What one more mistake. What else? One more mistake is, man, there's too many to choose from. Uh, is not showing your face or ah. not having any people anywhere on your feed yeah. um, or on your LinkedIn. Yeah. And I see this often. Um, I work a lot within the pet industry as well. And yes, we love cute dogs and we, but people want to know, the pet parents want to know, for example, like who are they leaving their pets with? Mm -hmm. Who are the people behind the pets? That's yeah. what people want to see. And so I always, and if it's an author, yes, like show the cover of your book. But are, if you are stepping out and doing PR, why are we not also sharing PR clips of you on the news or you, you know, clips of you in, I'm just thinking of one of my clients, she writes for psychology today. Like, like why are we not taking a clip from that, making it into a post and having people go and read it on psychology today, yep. right? So it's how can you repurpose content, but also do it in a way that shows your face because until AI gets even better than it already is getting, I cannot be you on a screen yet. Um, yeah. So <laughs> to say yet, cause I feel like we're, yeah. we're close right. to that. Um, so that is the biggest thing I see people not doing is showing their face because yep. just recently I got a DM from someone who saw me at a conference and they're like, I'm so sorry. I missed you. And I look on their feed and I'm like, it's all dogs. I have no idea who that, who you are. <laughs> Zero yep. clue. Yep. I was like, did I like, Oh yeah. Okay. But like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so, all yeah. In, in the end, this is all about human connection. And if you don't keep it personal and human, They'll choose someone yes. else. They'll choose someone and else. And I that's that's hundred percent spot on. And it's it's tough because you feel kind of back to the comparison. You feel a little bit of that imposter syndrome sometimes creep in. Uh, but I will tell you, it's with practice, it does get easier just like anything. And what I love about social media, especially social media video, is is there and gone in two seconds. Like it's it's so quick. It doesn't need to be overly produced. People don't want it to be overly produced. So hooray for that. And they want to just see who you are, share your story, share, you know, if you're like, I don't want to be a talking head. Okay. Set up your phone, record you like typing or you at your desk or you writing or morning journaling or whatever you're more sipping coffee and then put a tip over top of it. The end done. Yep. But it's your face that's still there. Yep. And I, I, I go back to the fact that here you are in your car, 
this is <laughs> yeah. this this was not orchestrated you didn't do no. this as some ploy it's not really where i wanted to be straight <laughs> off authenticity it just happened that uh, i'm sure there's some underlying story about getting out the door this morning that would be very entertaining to hear but but in the end it this is um it it presents you in a personal and human way and that's what you're talking about being being yeah. both uh 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 a victim of circumstance in your case this morning <laughs> but but doing it deliberately really yeah. and um it it's a great tip i think people if you focus on making yourself as look as polished and sound as polished as you possibly can you spend all your time polishing and no time posting and Ooh. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one. You can use that. That's a good one. That is a good one. And it it formats right into my love of alliteration. So there it is. (laughs) We have that in common. We have that in common. (laughs) All right, Carlin, where can people find you to learn more, to connect, to uh, follow, to interact, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can go to my website, osnapsocial.com forward slash resources. And I have a lot of free resources there. Um, my All of my handles are there. I hang out on Instagram a lot. So Osnap Social Carlin on Instagram and then LinkedIn is where I, I'm a little bit more buttoned up. Um, so LinkedIn, those are my two main platforms. So connect with me there, follow me there, send me a DM, love to connect um, and, and share what you thought about the episode. That'd be awesome. Beautiful. And all those links are going to be shared in the show notes. And uh, any parting thoughts before we call it a day, Carla? Oh, parting thoughts is social media is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about connecting. And so anytime you're creating content on social media, always keep that at the forefront of your mind. Amen. Great, great tip. So much value. I can't wait to go and, and go back through the recording and the transcript because you dropped so many great nuggets. This was such a great conversation. I'm grateful that you spent some time with us from the front seat of your car. And, <laughs> and I look forward to uh, another conversation down the road. For those of you who were with us today, I appreciate and am grateful to you for spending time with us. Please, if you enjoyed what you saw or heard Go to wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. Click that five-star rating. Give us a review because that's a way for you to share the gift of this great content with others. It's easier for them to find us when people like you share the share the joy and the and the experience of having uh, gotten something from this podcast you also can go to storypowermarketing.show storypowermarketing.show for past episodes for the videos for show notes all that good stuff and of course to storypowermarketing.com for free resources downloads sign up for the email list and all that other good stuff to help you transform your content from prospect repelling to client attracting. Thank you again for a great, great, great conversation, Carlin Ankrum. And again, everybody, please go to the show notes and click those links and connect with Carlin. She would love to hear from you. Thanks again, everybody. See you down the road. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails. Download free business building resources and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.